0: welcome to H12. Uh, my name is Blake. I'm one of the pastors here at 12 Stone and uh, I'm really glad to get to be with you guys tonight. Uh, we're in week two of this series, Home Run Life. If you've been around, you've kind of heard the terminology before. If you are here last week, you were here for week one. And uh, really this whole series, Home Run Life, is based on a book written by our senior pastor here at 12 Stone, Kevin Myers. Yeah, if you know PK, he's awesome. And so he wrote this whole book, Home Run Life, kind of, kind of using the illustration of baseball, but kind of laying out, just like in baseball, there's a pattern, there's an order to how you go around the bases. We believe in the same way there's a pattern, there's an order that God's created for us to do life by. So if you were here last week, you, kinda, you, you, might, you may have caught it. If this is your first week, I wanted to uh, kind of introduce you to it. If you are here last week, it'll be a recap, refresher. We're going to just turn actually to the screen to our senior pastor, Kevin Myers. It's like a little minute, minute and a half video where he's going to lay out this whole idea of Home Run Life. So check it out. So there you go. Quick recap right there. Some of you, I can already tell you're familiar with it. You've heard this before. But the whole idea is we are in week two of this series tonight. and You may even remember this scripture from last week, but this whole idea of God having a pattern for our lives kind of comes out of uh, scripture in Romans. You guys can read along with me on the screen. But Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says it like this. In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So we read in Romans, it tells us don't conform to the pattern of this world. Don't conform to the what? The pattern. pattern. In other words, the world, culture, has a pattern that it tells us that, hey, this is how you live your life. And the interesting thing is the, the pattern that culture and the world kind of lays out for us is actually running the bases backwards. What the world says is go to success first. Try and get success. Try, try and get fame. Try and get the glory kind of for yourself. Character doesn't really matter. Relationships don't really matter. God doesn't really matter. This, the third base is what it's all about. But God's pattern, what we believe, and this is what we're going after in this home run life thing, is home plate, it starts with God. From home plate, it goes to first base where we talk about character, then second base relationships, and then third base is where that success part comes in and it all ultimately comes back to home plate, the glory to God. So the question tonight, the question tonight that we're going after is really how do you even get on base? because if, if this is the whole deal, like we're talking about you, you want to hit a home run, you want to go first, second, third, back to home, that's a home run, we all get that from baseball. How do you even get on first base? First base is the character base, character. Now, when we talk about character, what, what, what does that mean when we talk about character? You hear the word character, somebody has good character, you hear the word a lot, but what does it actually mean? So let me give you just a simple definition for tonight. When we talk about character, and winning our character at first base. We're really talking about winning the battles within ourselves. That's really what character comes down to, is winning the battles within ourselves. Because everybody in here, all of us, we have, we have battles within ourselves, right? Like, we all, we kind of know, in a lot of situations, we know the right thing to do, but then we kind of know the wrong thing to do, too. We have these every day. You've got these battles, and it's—I mean, it's almost perfectly like the cartoon. You got the angel on one shoulder, you got the devil on one shoulder, and you kind of know, like, man, there, there's there's the right thing to do, and then there's the wrong thing to do in every situation. I know there's the thing that God calls me to do, and God calls me to love people and put them first. But man, I really want to put myself first a lot of the times. And So we had these battles within ourselves, and that's that's really what it comes down to when we talk about character—is the battles within us, and we all know these battles. It's, it's not easy to always do the right thing, or, or the Christian thing, or, or the loving thing. You know this is true, especially if you have siblings in this room. Like I don't even have to convince you. Who who in here has siblings? Just show of hands. You got a brother or sister or both? Okay. If you've got siblings, you know that the battle within yourself is not. It's not always easy to do the right thing or the love. I have a brother and a sister, and there's times when it's. I I don't feel like doing the loving thing, right? You get in some fights, like, brother, like, I, I, you just, you get so close to actually killing someone, you know, when you have a sibling. You never thought, but, but you almost go there. And so if you have a sibling, you know about that battle within, and, and it's, not, it's not always the easy thing. And here's, here, for everybody in here, I would be willing to bet you've had a moment uh, like this, or you've wanted to, um, where you've probably looked a lot less like Jesus with your siblings, and a lot more like the guy in this video we're about to show. It's five seconds, but this is what you want to do to your siblings most of the time. Check it out. Yes. Every guy in the room who has a sister is just like, yes. Like, just one time. Yes, my man in the back. Just one time. Man, that would be so satisfying. Mm. But anyways, the battle within ourselves, that's what it all comes down to. We, we kind of know the right thing to do in situations. We know the wrong thing to do. We know what God has called us to do. And, and, and the reality is that's not always as easy as it sounds. And I think for many of us in here who have a relationship with God, you can identify with the feeling that, man, I know what God has called me to do. I, I know some of the things that maybe God has called me to stop doing. Or or, or some of the choices that God wants me to make. But the reality is in my life, it's so hard to live it out. Like, we want to live for God. We want to do the things he's called us to do. But when it comes down to us, that same temptation trips us up over and over again. That same obstacle we feel like we can't get past. We start to feel frustrated. We start to feel discouraged. Like, this Christian life, this relationship with God thing, man, it feels impossible has anybody ever felt like that? It's like, how, how do you do this? It doesn't seem like we can actually do what God's called us to do. It doesn't seem like I can ever really win these battles within myself. And so that's what we're gonna talk about tonight. How do we win character? How do we win the battles within? So here's what I can tell you. There, there's, when it comes to winning the battle within, there's one thing you have to know tonight, and there's a couple things you have to do. One thing you have to know, a couple things you have to do, super simple. I'm not gonna talk for a long time, but one thing you have to know two things you have to do. The first thing, the thing that you have to know, we're gonna read it together, it's on the screen. This is what you have to know, is that in the vine is the power to win within. When I drift from the vine, I drift into sin. Now, most everyone's reading that, and you're going, dude, what the heck are you talking about? That seemed like you just pulled the most random statement out. You gotta stay with it, because we're gonna unpack it in a minute. I'll read it one more time. In the vine... Is the power to win within. When I drift from the vine, I drift into sin. See, this is important. This whole talk about the vine, staying in the vine, drifting from the vine, this is important because of what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5. That's one of the main scriptures we're gonna be looking at tonight. What Jesus taught in John chapter 15, 5, we'll read it together right now. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. See, what Jesus is teaching right here, guys, you got to get this. He's saying that there's a vine. And in the vine, there's life and there's power that flow through the vine. If the branches connect to the vine, that life and that power from the vine flows into the branches And it enables them to produce fruit. Okay. We're like talking about gardening or something right now. This is why it matters. Because this, what Jesus is talking about, is exactly how you were created to live. This right here is exactly how we were created to live. You see, God has the power. The power and the life flows through him. He's the vine. If we connect to Him, we're, we're the branches in this scenario. If we connect to Him, if we plug into the vine and we connect to Him, then that power and that life from God flows into us and it enables us to produce fruit. We don't literally produce fruit. Some of you were confused by that. Some of you were like, am I doing it wrong? I don't like have any oranges or apples. No, no, we're not literally producing fruit. What does producing fruit mean for us? Well, that goes back to, listen, that goes back to winning the battle within. That goes back to living the life that God has called us to live. See, God has called us to live according to certain standards. He's called us to live a holy life and and, and avoid certain things and live for him in certain ways and put others first and do things that quite frankly seem impossible most of the time. And what Jesus is telling us in this passage is that guess what? It is impossible unless you connect to him. See, it's only possible to live the life that God has called you to live on God's power, not your own. If we try and live the life God's called us to live and we're trying to overcome obstacles and we're trying to do the things he's called us to and fight to mission, if we're trying to do that all on our own power, we're never gonna be able to do it. We're gonna get frustrated. We're gonna get burnout it's it's not going to work. And so what we have to do then? What what do we have to do? That's the question. If we know that when we connect to the vine, the power from the vine, the life from it will flow into us and enable us to live the life that God called us to live, what do we need to do? The first thing that you have to do, it's pretty simple, is plug into the vine. Plug into the vine. You may say, can can it really be that simple? And yes, it can. It really can be that simple. See, what Jesus was doing in in that scripture in John 15, he was simply taking something the people of the day understood. They understood gardening. They understood agriculture. So he just took a simple illustration that they understood, and he related it to a spiritual truth. If Jesus did the exact same thing today, if he showed up to H12 tonight, and Jesus said, all right, listen, guys, I'm, I'm gonna teach you something. He came up on stage, and he was going to deliver the same teaching. He, he probably wouldn't say it the same way. probably wouldn't talk about the branches and a vine. But what he may say in our technological era, he, he may just grab, grab like a lamp. He may grab a, a power outlet, and he may say it's as simple as this, guys. Me, God, saying Jesus is God, I am like a power outlet. That's what it is. God is like a power outlet, and you are like you are like the cord. If you plug in to the power outlet, you'll have light. You'll have power for your life. But if you're disconnected, you're going to be in the dark. You're not going to have any power. It's that simple to plug in to him. And so many times we can overcomplicate this. So many times we can, we can almost over-spiritualize this idea. But it's really that simple of plugging in. Let me ask you guys this question. How many of you in here have, um, have an iPhone or, or, or a Samsung? You got an Android? Who, who's got like a smart? Just, if you've got it, actually go ahead and get it out. If you've got it on, you get it out. Get it out. Just hold it up in the air just so I can just survey the room and, and, and literally just want to see how many. Okay. We got some. Who, who, uh, who in here is team iPhone? Just curious. Just make a little noise of your team iPhone. Okay. Okay. Who in here is team just anything else? Whatever the other teams are. Okay, so it's, it's a little bit of an even split in here. Uh, I, I, I'm team iPhone. That's just how it is. My wife bought it for me. I can't do anything about it, but I love it. But here, here's what's funny is the iPhone is probably, it's probably like the most recognizable phone on the face of the earth. Everybody knows an iPhone. Everybody, uh, tons of people have them. But what blows my mind is every year they make a new iPhone. And they make a few tweaks to it. They make a few cool upgrades, and new camera, and they do stuff. And every year, people are going crazy to get the new iPhone, throwing out their old one. Even though it's maybe 2% better, people got to throw out the old one, go stand in line for days sometimes to get the new iPhone. People are obsessed with getting the new iPhone. iPhones are a huge popular phone for us. As a matter of fact, last year, uh, Apple released the iPhone 7. Anybody in here got an iPhone 7? A few people. Okay. That's pretty fancy. Well, if, if, listen, if you missed it, if you missed the whole, the whole thing about the iPhone 7, if you missed the hype around it, I've got about a one-minute preview to give you a little refresher on what the iPhone 7 is all about. So check this out. Okay. Wow. Who in here wants an iPhone 7 now? Yeah, I kind of do now, honestly. I don't... <laughs> I, I do the same thing every single time when I have like the older iPhone and people ask me about it and they're like, and they try and give me a hard time. I play it off. Like, I don't care. I'm like, dude, really? You're all about the phone. Like, like really? No one, no one cares. Like, come on. It's one, it's one back. But as soon as I get the new phone, I look at it. I have the new phone. I walk in everybody who has an older version. I'm just like, you peasants, you savages with the older iPhone. Like I just got an upgrade last weekend. So I, I don't know why I think that's cool to do, but you see the preview for the iPhones. This, this, the whole reason I showed you that is so you can imagine this with me. Imagine you have an iPhone 7. Mm, some of you do. I'm a little jealous. I'm not going to lie. But for this scenario, we all have an iPhone 7. You've got an iPhone 7 brand new. You're excited. Get it open. You start, you know, you start going through all the features. You're listening to music on it, taking pictures, the great camera playing games, you already hit up the app store, you got games going, you're having a great time, you're playing on the phone for hours, 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 it's a great time. Now, if you keep doing that, if you keep playing on the phone, keep having a good time, talking with friends, texting with friends, eventually, the phone's battery is gonna drain and go down, 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 eventually get to 1%. Everybody's scared when their phone's at 1% battery. (laughs) For some reason, that just stresses you out. I don't know why. Gets all the way down to 1%. And then what happens after that? Shuts down. Screen goes black. You can't can't do anything. Buttons aren't working. Screen's not working. It's just just black. It's it's useless, basically. Now, imagine if you, if, if that happened to you, the screen goes black. Imagine if you freak out. Oh my gosh, what's my my, my new iPhone 7? It's broken. Oh. you you get in your car or your parents' car, you go to the mall of Georgia, you run straight to the Apple store, the coolest store in the mall, you feel like you're in the future, you go in there, you walk up to the genius bar, you find one of those guys who has like a sweet beard and glasses, and you say, dude, my my new iPhone 7, is, it's, it's broken. I just got it, and, and for some reason, it's messed up. Like, help me diagnose the problem here. This thing isn't working. I don't know if it's a faulty phone or what's going on. there. Maybe it's got a bug. Maybe I got, like, a defected one. What, what the heck is happening with this? If you did that, the employee just can take your phone, look at it for about a second. May, probably in about two seconds' time, they're going to look at you and say, uh, you, just, you just need to plug it in. Be like what? No, no, no! it's, it's got this problem. Like it, the screen's not coming on. Like it's all dark. The mute. My music's not working. I can't text. What's going on with this thing? Yeah, you you just need to you just need to plug it in. You just need to plug it into to, to the power charger, and it, and it's going to charge it back up once you connect to the power. It, it's going to fill the battery back up, and, and then it's going to be able to do all those things again. Hmm. See we. We can think about this sometimes when it comes to something as simple as an iPhone being charged. But when it comes to our relationship with God, man, it's, we sometimes make it way more complex than it needs to be. And for some of us, man, we, we start freaking out. We say, man, I'm, I'm falling into all these old habits. I'm falling into these old temptations. I kind of messed up here, and I was doing really good on this. Or uh, I don't know, things aren't really going. They don't feel like they used to feel. And what's wrong? And I, I don't understand it. And really what it comes down to is you just have been disconnected. You've just been disconnected. So how do we connect with God? How do we actually do that? There's a lot of ways, really. We can connect with God through his word. Whether it's getting in the Bible, reading the Bible, or maybe it's reading a devotional that kind of helps you understand scripture and helps you understand what God's saying to you. Maybe it's spending time in prayer. Five, 10 minutes in prayer a day, that's how we connect with God. Maybe for some of us, it's showing up here on a Tuesday night. It's engaging in worship and making H12 a part of our week every week. That's how we connect with God. For some of us, it's getting in a small group, getting connected in a small group with, uh, with other believers, people who are going to support you in your walk with God. And if we're honest, a lot of us could say, man, we've, kind of disconnected from a lot of those things man Maybe I come to H 12 maybe every other week I don't know if I can always make it I don't really ever read the bible I pray when I'm like in deep trouble I've not ever been in a small group and then we wonder man why why does this life feel so impossible why why does doing this the way God's called us to feel so impossible man we're, we're so disconnected we got to plug back in we got to plug back in that's the first thing is to plug into the vine that's where the power is the second thing, this is the second thing that I'll give you, and this is the final thing that we have to do, and that is to draw the line. To draw the line. Now, what does that mean, draw the line? I, I would say it like this. If, if you connect to God, if you're connected to him, you're plugged in, you're connecting with him, and you have that relationship with him where you're getting in his word, you're, you're spending time in prayer, you're in a small group, you're coming to h 12, When you do that, when you connect, God is going to begin to reveal to you areas in your life where you're crossing lines. That's what he'll do through his word, through prompts, through teaching. God is going to reveal areas to you, man, where you're crossing lines in your life and you're stepping into sin. And he's just going to say, there's a line there that I don't want you to cross. And let me tell you this, guys, the interesting thing is that... What culture believes is that God draws lines to keep us from having freedom. And God draws lines to keep us from having joy. But the reality is God draws lines to protect us from sin. He draws lines to protect us from the things that are going to derail our life. And so part of drawing the line is saying, man, when God reveals something to me as a sin, when God shows me, man, I see it in his word, I hear it on Tuesday night, man, this is a sin. This is an area where I'm crossing the line. I agree with God in that, and I draw the line too. And here's what's cool. We talk about kind of drawing the line and cutting sin out of our life. Here's the cool thing about this is that God has really done all the heavy lifting when it comes to this because we think, man, there's no way I could get rid of this sin, but I, I want to I read something to you. Scripture in Romans chapter 6 that talks about what God did for you. You're going to put it on the screen. Read along with me. It says, for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus. Therefore, don't let, you, don't let sin reign in your body. Sin will no longer be your master because you are not under the law but under grace. But thanks be to God that you have now become under the pattern of teaching. You have now become free from sin and slaves to righteousness. See, when we connect to God, that power from God, that flows in us, that fills us up, that gives us the ability to win these battles within ourselves but we still have to draw the line. We still have to say, man, when God calls something a sin and he points something out in my life and he says, man, I I agree with him and I draw that line there. And and for some of us, man, maybe tonight, we need to actually reflect back and say, there's some old sins or some old temptations or some old habits that, if I'm honest, I've allowed myself to drift back into. See, for a lot of us, we, we connected with God, and we had that breakthrough, and we had that power, and we had that life flowing in us, but then we began to drift. And when we drift, we drift back into our old sins, we drift back into our old habits at times. For myself, when I was a sophomore in high school, I... I, I had been a Christian. I had been a Christian for a few years. But I had allowed myself to drift. There, there was a time when I connected with God and I was connecting with him through prayer and, and, and through getting in his word and getting in a small group. And, and there just became a time between my fresh and my sophomore year when I started to drift from that. And, and, and when I started to drift and I started to kind of not connect in my relationship with God, I began to drift back into old habits, old sins, old temptations, old way of life kind of took back over for me. And as a sophomore in high school, what it, what it always came down to for me was, man, just an insecurity that would grip me and being so afraid of what people would think of me if they really knew me. And being so afraid that, man, maybe people would not like me or people would make fun of me. What it led me to do was be the guy who led the charge on making fun of everybody else. So whatever situation I was in, whenever I was at school, I was the guy who was looking for who can I target? Who can I make fun of? Who can I put down? Who who can I cut down? That way no one's looking at me. And I kind of had a, a, a couple guys who were my friend group who, who we kind of ran together. And, I mean, basically, we, we would just kind of pick on people. What, whatever it was, making fun of their outfit, making fun of something they said, we, that's, that's kind of what we did. And as I drifted from God in my freshman and sophomore year, I, I realized I drifted back into all these old habits. And it didn't hit me until the end of my sophomore year I was having a conversation with another guy in my class, we're gonna be juniors the next year, and I heard that a guy in my, in my class, his name was Daniel, he wasn't gonna be coming back to our school next year. And I just said, yeah, what's, what's the deal with this guy Daniel, like he, he's been here forever and he's transferring to a completely different school, it seems random like your junior year. And the guy said, yeah, you don't know why he's transferring? I said, no. He said, he's, dude, he's transferring because of you, and those guys that you hang out with, he's so sick of always being put down by you, always having to be made fun of every single day. He's so sick of that. That's why he transferred schools. I mean, in that moment, that hit me in a way that, and I just realized this, I, I, I had to be honest with myself. I had drifted so far. I had drifted so far from where I once was with God, to think that I was walking around, I'm calling myself a Christian, calling myself someone who follows Jesus, but I've drifted so far from that relationship with him. I've let myself go into these old habits, these old ways of sin, and it took something that big for me to have a wake-up call, for me to realize, man, I need to make a change. I've drifted, I, I, I've separated and I, I've, I've walked away and I need, to, I need to change some things. I need to draw the line where God draws the line. And so I, I don't know for you guys tonight, if I'm being honest, I don't know for you guys all in this room. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know what your, what your area is that you struggle with, the, kind of those old habits that you may go back to if you drift from God. But we all have them in this room. We all do, and and I'm not trying to beat us up too much because the reality is we all mess up. Everybody has mess ups. Everybody has mistakes. Everybody has ways that we fail, and the funny thing is we're talking about this whole idea of this series, Home Run Life. We can look at professional athletes, people who train their whole lives for a sport, who get paid millions of dollars to do it, and they still mess up. Like, they still make errors, that's why we have blooper reels, right? Like, it's not always perfect place. Sometimes there's blooper reels, they're not the greatest. And so I thought, you know what, if we're talking about mistakes, sometimes our own mistakes aren't funny, but it can be a little funny to laugh at other people's. So uh, just enjoy, just one minute of a quick sports blooper reel of just some mistakes. Yes, yeah. (laughs) I love it, it's it's funny to us, it's funny to us, but it's frustrating to them. And the funny thing is, man, we can, we can laugh at those. And, uh, you know, we're never gonna be in, in this room. We're never all gonna get to a place where we're mistake-free or where we're perfect and never mess up and never struggle with the temptation or a sin in our lives. But the one thing I, would give, I, I wanna give you guys tonight, if we can walk away tonight just knowing one thing, that when we connect to the vine, when we connect to God, The power that flows from God fills us and allows us to overcome the temptations in our life. It allows us to win those battles within ourselves. We're not powerless for this stuff because we have access to God's power when we connect with him. And and my hope for you guys tonight is that all of us would plug in. We would say, man, if it's as simple as charging a phone, if it's as simple as keeping a phone plugged in man why, why would I not plug in to God every day why would I not connect with him every day and then for some of us tonight maybe the, real, the realest thing we could do is just say tonight I have to draw the line I have to draw the line on something I, I shared what mine was I shared kind of my struggle of the thing that I, I know when I drift that's what I go back into what's yours what's yours because we all have those things. We all have that one thing that can keep tripping us up over and over again. So here's what I would encourage you to do. Whatever that one thing is, if, if you have the courage, you could just write it down just on your notes. Right where you're taking notes, you could write it down. This isn't gonna be seen by anybody. You're not passing it in. This is just for you. Maybe just between you and God, just to write down what that thing is. Maybe for you just said, I just wanna keep it in my head. I, I, I wanna just focus on it. But whatever that one thing is, the thing that you've gotta draw the line on, the thing that you say, God, this is something I have to cut out of my life or this is gonna derail me. Whatever that is, Write it down. Keep it in your head. We're going to bring that before God right now in prayer. So if you would, as the band comes back up, bow your heads with me and pray.